the views and opinions expressed here are that of the host and do not represent the views of Cryovato Records or its parent company of Felony in Progress. This show also contains strong language and is not intended for those under the age of 18. If you feel this is unfair, too fucking bad. Age quicker. Thank you and enjoy the show. And welcome back to another boring ass episode of Open Air Sonar. Well, I will do my best to add smell to sound. Yes, people, smell. That's right, another lame ass season where I'll ramble on about absolutely nothing, but at least you should wind up with a better taste in music. Um, all right, before we get started, I should probably read an email here that comes to us from Ponderay, Idaho. I had to look this place up on fucking Facebook, man, and it's like way up there close to the Canadian border, but it's really pretty. So, Samantha writes, I'm 20 years old and really like your show. I started collecting records about a year ago, and I noticed not a lot of women are diehard collectors, and it seems most groups on Facebook are very judgmental, and I'm trying to figure out where I fit in in all this. Anyways, thanks for your time, and I look forward to your response. Take care. Okay, so listen, Samantha. Um, collectors, or as the movie High Fidelity puts it, feel like unappreciated scholars, so they shit on those who know less than them. You know, I'm not that way. I am willing to engage everyone, um, you know, who participates in my beloved hobby. And keep in mind that collectors have extremely high opinions of themselves, especially when they get these collections that are monumental. But don't let that sway you. You do you, man, and fuck everyone else who puts you down. You know, it's the same way in sometimes in my record collecting groups on Facebook, mostly dudes, you know, who elevate themselves to these godlike statuses over their collections. Me, I, I like to share and... I like to impart my knowledge as much as I can, so add me as your friend on Facebook, and I will help you through the best I can. I'll even trade with you, you know, and it'll, I'll be your friend. Fuck everyone else. But um, So I can say, you know, keep collecting, Sam, and I hope this gave you a little bit of advice, and just to keep trucking, man. Okay, thank you, Samantha. So if you guys want to send me an email, please do at C-R-Y-O-V-A-T-O at gmail.com, and a reply is guaranteed. All right, people, brass tacks. This is about the 70s. So I'm going to go ahead and give you some of my favorite, favorite tracks from the year by year in the 70s. And our first selection comes to us from Manchester, England, with the 1970 cut by Black Sabbath, Fairies Wear Boots. Stay with us. This is Open Air Sonar. 
Ozzy Osbourne, Tony Iommi, Geezer Butler, and Bill Ward. Together, they are Black Sabbath with Fairies Wear Boots. From their 1970 release, Paranoid. You know, most likely one of the most prolific rock bands of all time, and possibly, you know, the one who helped usher in and pave the roads for future metal acts and doom metal acts. And, um, you know, Fairies Wear Boots was released in September of 1970, and on original 1970 U.S. copies of the Paranoid album, the song's intro was listed under the title Jack the Stripper. Um, the exact inspiration behind Fairies Wear Boots is unclear. In a 2010 documentary film classic, Albums, Black Sabbath Paranoid, the band's bassist Geezer Butler states that Ozzy Osbourne composed the lyrics after a group of skinheads in London called him a fairy because of his long hair. However, Butler also stated Ozzy's lyrics often went off in random tangents, and the second half of the song was about LSD. Osborne, in the same documentary, said he wrote the lyrics about LSD. In 2010, Osborne stated in his autobiography, I am Ozzy, that he did not recall what the song was written about. So, there you have it, people. Drugs in the 70s. What a mix. Anyway, that was fun. On to our next 70s classic. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the 1971 release of Misty Mountain Hop from Led Zeppelin IV. You are listening to Open Air Sonar. Please stick with us.
1971, the official voting age was lowered in the U.S. from 21 to 19. The average U.K. house price was less than 6,000 pounds. India invaded East Pakistan. Disney World opened in Florida. Apollo 14 became the third successful manned mission to the moon. Mount Etna erupted. The Pentagon Papers were released, and the first Internet chat rooms appeared as the U.S. government put the EMISARI system into use. In music, Jim Morrison passed away in Paris. Frank Zappa broke his leg after being pushed off stage in London by a jealous punter. And musicians worldwide got their first opportunity to annoy another guitar shop customers by playing Stairway to Heaven badly while testing new instruments. And Led Zeppelin IV was released, a pure monument for the Iron Balloon with Misty Mountain Hop. And, you know, the reverence to the song is, you know, some people say it's, you know, token, it's... The most common interpretation of the song's title involves a reference to the Misty Mountains in J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit. The lyrics refer to the events of the July 7, 1968 legalized pot rally in Hyde Park, London, in which police made arrests for marijuana possession. The lyrics reflects, reflects uh, Plant's quest for a better society, a place and time when hang-ups are replaced with individual freedom and a life of mutual support and report. The song was recorded at Healy Grange and Mansion, where the band sometimes lived in Hampshire, England, but uh, all in all, that the the entire fucking album was just blew me the fuck away. So anyway, let's move on to our next embarrassment, shall we? This tune we're actually gonna shift gears a little bit. I'm gonna play you the number one song in 1972. For the year for my wife was born with Roberta Flax cut of the first time I ever saw your face. This is going to be good, people, so stick around. This is Open Air Sonar.
That was the 1972 cut of The First Time Ever I Saw Your Face from Roberta Flack in 72. Uh, so the, the song is a 1957 folk song written by British political singer-songwriter Ewan McCall for Peggy Seeger, who later became his wife. And at the time, the couple were lovers, although McCall was still married to his second wife, Jean Newlove. Seeger sang the song when the duo would perform in folk clubs around Britain during the 60s, and it was recorded by various folk singers and became a major international hit for Roberta Flack in 72, winning Grammy Awards for Record of the Year and Song of the Year. Billboard ranked it as the number one Hot 100 single of the year 1972. Um... The earliest recordings of the song was in 60 by Bonnie Dobson and released in 61 on her debut album, She's Like a Swallow and Other Folk Songs. But McCall made no secret of the fact that he disliked all the cover versions of the song, and his daughter-in-law wrote he hated all of them. He had a special section in his record collection for them entitled The Chambers of Whores. He said that the Elvis version was like Romeo at the bottom of the post office tower singing up to Juliet, and the other versions he thought were travesties, bludgeoning, hysteronic, and lacking in grace. But I chose that song this time for one reason. It was the year my wife was born, and as many of you know, I very much love my wife, and so that one is for you, baby. And, um... Thanks for coming into my life. All right, folks. So let's see what else I got for you. Let's see what you... Oh, okay. This one will work. Um, here we go. This is the number one song in 1973. This is Tony Orlando and Dawn with their cut of Tie a Yellow Ribbon. This is Open Air Sonar, people. Please don't go anywhere. This is going to be fun. 
That was Tony Orlando and Dawn with Tie a Yellow Ribbon from 1973. Uh, the single reached the top 10 in 10 countries, and eight of which topped the charts. It reached number one on both the U.S. and U.K. charts for four weeks in April 73, number one on the Australian charts for seven weeks from May to July in 73, and number one on the New Zealand charts for 10 weeks from June to August of 73, and it was the top-selling single in 73 in both the U.S. and U.K., um, the song is told from the point of view of someone who has done his time in prison. I'm really still in prison, and my love, she holds the key. But it's uncertain if he will be welcome home. He writes to his love, asking her to tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree in front of the house, which the bus will pass by. If she wants him to return to her life, if he does not see such a ribbon, he will remain on the bus. 
taking that to mean he is unwelcome and understanding her reasons put the blame on me. He asked the bus driver to check, fearful of not seeing anything. To his amazement, the entire bus cheers in response that there are a hundred yellow ribbons around the tree and a sign he is very, very much welcome. Uh, the song had had renewed popularity in 79 in the wake of the Iranian hostage crisis. Uh, later in 73, Connie Francis had a minor hit in Australia with an answer song, the answer, Should I Tie a Yellow Ribbon Around the Old Oak Tree? Uh, in 77, Andy Kaufman, while playing his character Tony Clifton on HBO, and the song appeared in the 82 movie An Officer and a Gentleman, played by a band at a Navy ball. So... There you have it, folks. Tony Orlando and Dawn in 73, hitting it big. Um, I personally, I think the song is a little boring, but it is what it is. So I guess we're going to go ahead and take a break now. And I'm going to kick back here and pop my Wild Cherry Pepsi and smoke a big fat bowl and contemplate how I'm going to finish this fucking episode out. So... On that note, thank you for listening to Open Air Sonar. I hope you enjoy the break and come back. Thank you. Why should I be alright? I'm dying. There's no reason for it. You've got to go sometime. Swap them. Give them to your witch doctor friends. You can always cook up more with Pressman's Witch Doctor Head Shrinkers Kit. I can't type. I don't take dictation. I won't sharpen pencils. I can't file. My boss calls me indispensable. Miss Jones. Just a minute. Will you make a copy of this? Naturally. I pushed the button on the Xerox 914. I make perfect copies of whatever my boss needs by just turning a knob and pushing a button. Anything he can see, I can copy in black and white on ordinary paper. And am I fast? I can make seven copies in a minute. By the way, I never need wet chemicals. My 914 is a dry machine powder dry. Sometimes my boss asks me which is the original, and sometimes I don't know. Here, Mr. Smith, I'm going to lunch with Mother. There's one person nobody can resist, and that's a baby. So love made baby soft with the innocent scent of a cuddly, clean baby. 
that grew up very sexy in foaming bath, body lotion, body powder, and body mist. So innocent it may well be the sexiest fragrance around. Love's baby soft because innocence is sexier than you think for your baby at Christmas. Catches Charlie's eye that makes his pulse rate climb. He uses a whistle a weekend. Wild Root, it gets her every time. That's because Wild Root grooms clean as a whistle, quick as a wink. Works fast, disappears in your hair. Grooms with no greasiness at all. That's why when Charlie sees a lovely girl, a girl like yours or mine, he uses a whistle a weekend. Wild Root, it gets her every time. to Open Air Sonar, we, where we are marked safe from the culture wars that plague our society with political and religious dogma crap. Um, that was The Great Gig in the Sky from Pink Floyd's 73 masterpiece, Dark Side of the Moon, uh, taking us out, and uh, some very off-color advertisements, or politically incorrect, should I say, 70s commercials that uh, wouldn't be considered very good nowadays, and I, I thought they were kind of funny, so I let the marketing company, or the marketing branch just go crazy with that shit, so, and uh, bringing us back in was the Grand Funk Railroad with Some Kind of Wonderful from 1974, which brings us to the year 75, where our rockin' friends to the north f- gifted us with Fly By Night from the band Rush. Stay tuned, people. No place to go but up, so stick with us. This is Open Air Sonar.
That was Rush with their 75 cut of Fly By Night. Uh, so I have to be honest with you guys. I kind of stopped working on the show and, and I finished listening to the rest of that record because I fucking absolutely love Rush and I love that record. And plus, you know, the new Audio Technica 120X turntables with the two MRED cartridges and my KRK Rocket 5s. I just couldn't resist, dude. I mean, the sound was just perfect. And so I kicked back and did a little cataloging, did a little wish listing, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I was productive. I just wasn't productive with the show. But um, Fly By Night is actually the title track of Rush's second album. And the music was written by bassist Getty Lee. And the lyrics were penned by drummer Neil Peart. Or Pert wrote that this song was about his first trip away from home. And in 1971, at 18 years old, he left behind his small Canadian life and flew to England. This was a major turning point in his life. With Lee sings the lead vocals, and on the song's middle eight, his voice is fed through a Leslie speaker. That's why it sounds so fucking cool, huh? But anyway, I just absolutely love Rush, and I love everything that they've ever done. And Neil Pert, buddy, wherever you are, hands off to you, my man, but... Anyway, so the next tune that I have up for you is another 75 release. I, I just couldn't pass this one up. This is uh, David Bowie with Young Americans, and you are listening to Open Air Sonar. Stick around, guys. Not a lot left.
That was David Bowie with his 1975 cut of Young Americans. You know, I couldn't do a 70s show without any Bowie in it. I just, I love the fucking Spaceman's music and Young Americans, it, you know, it was just great. You know, and it was his ninth studio album and released on March 7th of 75. Uh, the album marked a departure from the glam rock style of Bowie, Bowie's previous albums, showcasing his interest in soul and R&B. And commentators have described the record as a blue-eyed soul, although Bowie himself labeled the album sound plastic soul. And uh, it was, dude, it was just a phenomenal album. But um, the backing vocals included singer Ava Cherry, Alamomer's wife Robin Clark, and then unknown singer Luther Vandross. After the initial sessions, the tour continued with the setlist design changed due to the influence of the new material recorded. This portion of the tour has been labeled the Soul Tour, but God, it was just hands down great album all the way around. But all right, let's get a little bit louder now. Uh, this takes us to 1976, where four gentlemen staged a jailbreak. This is Thin Lizzy, people. This is Open Air Sonar. Stick with us. So 
night our systems fail hey you That was the 1976 cut from Thin Lizzy's Jailbreak, and it has possibly come to my attention that I may have used this tune in a different OAS episode, but truthfully, I don't give a fuck. I love Thin Lizzy, and I love that album as well, So, and there's so many actually great songs on that record that it's just, it's a fucking piece of art by Phil Lynott, but... Anyway, the song is typical of the band's music with the dual lead guitar harmony and Brian Robertson's use of the wah-wah pedal. Uh, Phil Lynott's lyrics about a prison break are typical pers- personification of the tough guys, also seen in The Boys Are Back in Town, and the regular concert closer and fan favorite, The Rocker. Uh, an alternate version of the song appeared on the bonus disc of the 2011 remastered de- deluxe edition of the Jailbreak album featuring a short-spoken introduction and additional guitar parts throughout. And in December of 2008, the song was named the 73rd Best Hard Rock Song of All Time by VH1. And it's been used in movies, you know, Detroit Rock City, Joe Dirt, Bordello of Blood, and Gracie, and was also used in the Veronica Mars episode, Ahoy Mateys. But it's all in all an all-fucking-great song anyway, and it's just fucking rocking. And unfortunately, Phil Lynott died. And now we're just stuck with what he left us with. But uh, let's move on to our next song. With disco in full swing, Saturday Night Fever blazing up the charts in 77. But in 78, there was another barnstormer as well, the motion picture Grease. Uh, But unlike the Broadway musical, this production needed a little more. So Barry Gibb wrote this for Frankie Valli with Grease. This is Open Air Sonar, guys. Stick with me. It's almost over.
1978 cut of Grease, written by Barry Gibb and performed by Frankie Valli as the title song for the 78 musical motion picture Grease, which was based on the 71 stage play. Uh, Valley released a song which celebrates the greaser lifestyle as a single in May of 78, and it sold over 7 million copies worldwide and appeared twice on the film's soundtrack, first as the opening track and again as the closing track. Grease was one of four songs written specifically for the film that had not been in the stage production. You know, and it's, it's a good song. It's, you know, not one of my favorites, but it definitely defines an era. Um, you know, the 70s was an extraordinarily, extraordinarily progressive era, even in the last song, Valley notes that convention belongs to yesterday. But also a lot of upheaval, you know, four students were killed at Kent State University doing an anti-Vietnam War protest. The Beatles called it quits, which broke everybody's heart, I'm assuming. The gay rights movement, movement gains popularity, gasoline shortages, Studio 54 is raided, which put the last nail in the coffin of disco and gave rise to the punk movement. Bloody Sunday happened, which gave a new birth to the troubles in Northern Ireland, and Nixon became the first president to visit China. And we started caring more and more about our environment. Um, nowadays, it seems, you know, the word progressive has become a dirty word, and with the rise of right and left extreme, extremism, you know, the lines in the world that govern us have become extremely blurred. And everybody longs for the way the things used to be. But for me, you know, the really the only thing that I miss from my, you know, my youth in the 70s and the 80s is rolling up my car window manually, dude. I, I don't know why, but I really miss that. It's, I don't, it's, a, it's a crazy fucking thing. And I also miss my friends and family that aren't with us anymore. But what are you going to do? So I wish I could have given you more 70s songs because I've got a ton that I would love to gone through. But uh, the pencil pushers around here only give me an hour to do this show so I can do the best I can with what I got. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and leave you with a song now that is actually a song from one of my favorite all-time movies. And believe it, the first drive-in movie I ever went to see with my dad was this from The Warriors, 1979. This is The Eagles with The City. And this is Tony from Open Air Sonar telling you to have breakfast for dinner and always, always... Masturbate in the dark. You the never know who's watching. Take care, oh, all, and I hope to see you all again now for that group real soon. Bye-bye. Sorry about that. I guess the only thing we can do is play you a song. <laughs>